It's time for some straight talk. Tax returns could look a little different this year. So when the big carriers start trying to get you to splurge on the latest nonsense, just tune it out. With Straight Talk Wireless, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just $199. Plus, get our unlimited plan with no contract on America's best networks for up to 50% less. Tune out the nonsense. Tune into Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Savings may vary. See straighttalk.com. Hello and welcome to Film Companion. You've tuned in to an exciting new interview podcast with Anupama Chopra. To catch more of what we do, visit us on www.filmcompanion.in. No, it's so lovely to have you on Thank Film you. Companion. Thank you for having me. And I actually feel really happy to be here. <laughs> I'm so yeah. glad. Thank you. you know what an exciting month you're having. First with Butler House and of course this chart-busting number, Saki Saki, but you're not just performing you're also a character in the film yes. uh, you know you have dialogue you play a role within the plot and then of course you've got Pachtaoge where you're co-starring with Vicky Kaushal uh, do you have a sense right now ki apna time aa gaya abhi tak nahi <laughs> i think ye sirf shuruaat hai um, i feel like the door is there and i'm just knocking at the door so abhi tak wo darwaza khola nahi bas it's it's going to open soon for me i feel this is the the time for people to kind of just take notice of my skills and my talents and what i am capable of doing you know um, nikhil advani who directed batla house said that sort of trying to figure out how to make the song organic to the plot mm-hmm. and and making you a character as opposed to somebody who just comes in and does a dance and and moves was one of the hardest things he did in the film And you know I'm watching that song and you're doing these incredible moves. I mean that hook step is completely yeah. insane. And I'm just thinking Nora you're such an amazing dancer. Why is it important for you to be an actor? Uh because kyunki bachpan se main acting karni chahti thi aur mera sapna yahi tha ki mujhe acting karni hai characters play karna hai films karni hai but honestly uh, it was suppressed as a young girl uh, because i was not allowed to voice that ek bar maine bola ki mujhe acting karni hai and my dad looked at me and said don't ever say that again really yes and i was very young i was 8 years old and i said it very freely we hum ek film dekh rahe the and beech mein ek ladki thi film mein i was like oh my god kitni khoobsurat ladki hai uski acting kitni achhi hai mujhe bhi aise karna hai and he looked at me he said don't ever say this again if you want to do something in life it better be a lawyer a doctor or a teacher so i said okay and i never ever repeated that ever and growing up in school i did a lot of drama classes a lot of theater you know those extracurricular activities we had in school in canada and i took up a lot of um a lot of these extracurricular stuff because it was inside me and i just wanted to take it out but my family never knew my dad never knew he he thought i excelled as a student because i focused on my studies which i did but on the side i used to do all these things and this was in canada this was in canada and i felt like myself when i was doing that i felt the happiest when i was performing on stage in front of my peers when i was acting when i was dancing so i knew then ki main ek artist hu ek performer hu whether it is dancing or acting or being a comedian making people laugh or whatever it is this is where i am most happiest आई केम जब मैं इंडिया आई थी मैं इंडिया आई थी एक्टिंग करने के लिए 
and I just found myself dancing because they were the first opportunities that were coming. And I took them up because in my head I'm like, I'm a performer, I'm an artist, sh so I should be versatile, I should be able to do everything. And it just happened that they, it clicked. Whatever dance number I did worked and everybody thankfully, fortunately, really responded well. So I just didn't get the opportunities to showcase my acting because it's not easy as we were mentioned um, in the beginning of the interview. So I feel like I used this as my stepping stone, as a, as a door opener for people to recognize that I exist, to create a brand um, for myself and to create a fan following. And I feel like with, with dancing, like if I look at when I grew up, when I was about 10 years old, I remember being bullied about dancing. I went to a school with, where all the girls knew how to dance. Just naturally, they were all Jamaican, African girls, Nigerian girls, Somalian girls, and in their blood, they knew how to move. And I used to see them do that in school, and I'm like, you know, I want to look like that when I'm dancing. And I remember trying, and then they, they used to laugh at me and put me down, and they'd be like, oh my God, don't try dancing, you're so bad, you have no rhythm, you can't move. Really? Yes, that was me when I was 10 years old, 11 years old. And I remember it got, the bullying got so bad, because I used to try to um, compete in school and do these stage performances, and I would get booed off stage, laughed at by the girls, and they used to kind of group and, and bully me. And I remember getting into a physical fight with one girl at the age of 10, and almost getting suspended because of all this. But I feel like because someone told me you can't do it and you're really bad at it, it gave me the fire to keep pushing. And I would go home and teach myself in the room. So, ek taraf there were girls who were making fun of me and saying you can't do it, and dusri taraf me, I had my parents who were like, don't do it, mana hai. And still you, you know, did and it. And still I was like, I'm gonna do it. You watch. You know what I mean? Why Bollywood? Why? What? Bollywood. What was attractive about Bollywood? Bollywood. Um, we grew up watching Hindi cinema. Mm. As Arabs, we never watched Hollywood films and, and, and English films with the family. If you go to my grandma's house in Morocco, which we used to go every summer, it was Hindi films that were played on the television and dubbed in Arabi, whether it was um, Shah Rukh Khan's films or Ritik Roshan's film or Amir Khan's films, they were all dubbed in Arabic and we'd sit in the, in the living room with everybody and just watch them. So we grew up watching Hindi cinema and we understood the traditions and cultures because they resonated with our traditions and cultures so we could relate. Um, and Bollywood mixes dance and acting together, of you course. know what I mean? So Bollywood is, is famous for this song and dance and it's so grand when yeah. first time we watch Devdas. You, you have to see, you know, our reactions to the film. We watched it thousands of times and every time we would see it, we'd be like, <laughs> like literally stars in our eyes, the costumes, the dance, the expression, the movement, the emotions. It's something we don't feel when we watch, you know, any other kind of cinema and yeah. that's something very unique to Bollywood yeah. and as someone like me who really enjoys expressing herself through dance also um, it's important to be able to try to make it happen for myself in an industry like Bollywood because I get you get the you get both the best of both worlds acting and dancing yeah yeah but Nora, how did you finally do it how did you tell your parents that this was something you wanted to pursue and how did you end up coming to Mumbai from Canada so I reached a point in my life where um, I had a lot of responsibilities at home and um, I, I was taking a, a care of my younger brother on my own and there were many years. How many siblings are you? So it's, so from my, both my parents have one brother who's younger and then from my mom's second marriage I have a younger brother. 
Um, but you know, after my parents' divorce, I ended up in a very weird situation where it was just me and my brother, and I had to be the breadwinner of the family and take care of him and stuff. So I devoted, after graduating from high school, I devoted three years, approximately or four years, just to my brother, supporting him financially, working so many jobs. I was. Uh, working as a telemarketing um, customer service representative, I was working in a restaurant as a waitress, a bartender. I was working so many things. I used to make hookah at hookah like cafes. I did everything. I was a hustler, just to survive my brother. And I realized four years went by, and I'm not pursuing my dream for what I want to be. So I remember just telling everybody, guys, I'm I'm leaving. Everybody means my brother, my friends. Everyone's like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to India. I've signed with an agency and. Um, you know, I have an agent in Canada and he's going to send me over to India and I'm going to become an actress there. And you'd never been here? No, I've never been here. I, I didn't know the language. I don't have anybody here. But something told me that this is what you're going to do and it's going to be fine. I didn't have any fear. You weren't scared? No, I don't know why. You're so right. I should have been scared. <laughs> but amazing. I felt no fear. It's so strange. And I remember they were laughing at me. They're like, going to go to India for what? I said, I'm going to act. But you don't even know the language. You don't know people there. You don't know anything. You just stay here. It'll be better for you. I was like, no, no, no. I'm going. I just had this confidence. And uh, I came. And obviously I came and there were like so many things that sudden realizations I started having here. Like you can't work here and become successful if you don't learn the language. So I put a lot of time and effort to try to learn. Although it's very hard to learn a language at the age of 22 yeah. or 23, you know, because at that time, that's it. You know, yeah. it's easier when you're younger. Yeah. But I was very determined. I was like, no, I really like the language. I want to learn it. Um, I also understood that y people are accepting of foreigners here but only in one condition, that you work hard. Mm. It should not come easy. You should learn the language. You should work on your skills. I was very confident in my acting skills and my dancing skills, even though I was not trained. It's because I, I, just, I was brought up to be confident in myself. My friend circle was like that. All my friends were very confident girls. And anytime I felt demotivated or I had low self-esteem, they'd be like, no, look at you. You are Nora. You are this. You are, you know, they would pump me up. And that's how my friend circle was. And they still are like that today. So I had that mentality when I came to India. And that's probably why I had no fear. But in those first few years, Nora, you've talked about how you were bullied at auditions, how uh, you know you were duped by the casting agents as well. At that point, when you didn't have the roles and, and nobody was backing you, how did you have faith? How did you think it was going to work out? I think um, my first opportunity was an ad that I did in the first month that I came to the country. And that was a huge ad. It was for Dove. And in my eyes, I said to myself, Nora, you are a nobody, you have nobody here, and you bagged something like this. That's huge, mm -hmm. you know? And it gave me faith in myself. After that, I signed a film called Roar Tigers of the Sundarban, in which I was acting in the film. So again, I said to myself, if you were not meant for it, it wouldn't happen. So it, there's a sign. It's just the journey is a bit difficult for me. Um, after I signed that film, I signed another film, which was um, Prakash Jha's film. And there I was a supporting uh, character. And I, I, I worked with really great actors like Shilpa Shukla, Swanand Kikiri, Ninad Kamit. All these people are really great actors. And I learned a lot from them. And I remember them telling me, just be patient. 
just be patient and push through, push through. If you have determination and trust in yourself, it will happen. And I think that just stuck in my head, despite the fact that I was going through a lot of rejection um, and a lot of people did cheat me, you know, agencies, they're not easy to deal with in this country. And I had mentioned this before that foreigners, when I, meet, when I say foreigners, I don't speak of just actors. I speak of makeup artists, hairdressers, stylists, anybody who comes to pursue some sort of a career here in the entertainment field. They go through a lot with agencies. A lot of them, they steal their money, they bully them. Um, it's very difficult. I have makeup artist friends who have done so well in this country, but have zero rupees in the mm. bank account because their, their agencies refuse to give them their money. And they have no laws that protect that for them, and they have no rights, and nobody helps them because it's just like a... It's just very difficult situation. Right. But they come here because they have so much love for the Indian traditions and cultures and for the country and for the people. So they kind of just sacrifice their monetary rights and, and comfort levels just for that. But eventually a lot of them give up and they leave. Yeah. I went through all that stuff and I didn't give up because of the love for the art of dance and acting and for cinema. And I just knew that, Nora, you go through all these obstacles, you're going to surpass them, and then it's going to be really nice. And you're going to be really happy. And all that, the situations you went through is going to make you grow as a performer also. You're going to feel certain things that maybe you never felt before. But there was no moment at which you felt like, okay, this is it, I want to go home. Yes, I did. I felt like that um, right before I got Dilbert. Right before Dilbert, I had enough. I said, I'm tired. I'm like, I'm going to pack my bags and leave. And then there's, there, there was a sudden shift in my career. I got this song. I got Kamari at the same time. And I was like, okay, something's happening. Something's happening. Even though in the back of my head, I remember there was this one driver. This was four years ago from my old agency. He was lecturing me on how to move through Bollywood and the, and the formula of Bollywood. He's like, Nora, listen, don't do any songs. Don't do South songs, don't do reality shows, don't do all this. If you do this, you're done. So I was like, okay, yeah, all right, cool. But then I did the total opposite. My whole journey is the whole opposite. I've done reality shows, I've done South songs, I've done anything that's come my way. And I'm so glad I did that because I really grew as an artist. I learned so much. Just being for 10 minutes on a set really teaches you a lot of things. Yeah. I understood about filmmaker, make, filmmaking, performances, what it takes to be able to have screen presence and to connect with the audience. All these are very important things. So I learned that in four years by doing all these things which someone said, don't do them because then you're going to be done. And then when Dilber and Kamaria came to me, I was like, okay, wait, 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 wait. These are huge songs. Yeah. Do you want to do this? You may be typecasted because this industry may typecasting very common here. Absolutely. And yeah. which I am against. I'm really against typecasting because the worst thing you can do to an artist is confine them in a box. If you are a true artist, you should be able to express yourselves in different different ways. If you say to someone, stay in your lane, how do you not know that if they go in another lane, they may be better at that lane yeah. or they may offer something else? And, and I, I look up to a lot of icons like Michael Jackson, Jennifer Lopez, Beyonce, these people are iconic because they do more, more than just one thing. They can sing, dance. Some of them can sing, dance, and act. Jennifer Lopez does all three. Yeah. Beyonce does all three. Can you imagine Beyonce just standing on stage and singing and not dancing at the same time? She would not be what she is today. Michael Jackson, 
nobody told him, oh, you sing, you should only sing, don't dance. Or you dance, you should only dance, don't sing. If they were confined in a box, they wouldn't be these explosive icons that they are today. And I keep remembering that and I'm like, I have a goal. I want to reach a goal. I want to be remembered for more than just one thing. Yeah. I want to be remembered as a, as a beautiful, graceful dancer, as an expressive actor, and as someone who can also um, make people laugh. You know, I love doing comedy. You know, I, I, I started off by doing comedian skits on Instagram. My YouTube page is all about that. And whenever I make people laugh, I, I feel so good about myself. But can you imagine someone telling me, if you want to be a comedian, you can't be a dancer? I'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hold the phone. <laughs> but it's incredible to me that you're a self-trained dancer, that you've yeah. never actually yeah. learned how to dance. How did you train yourself to this point? You know, it's, it's just, you, you see you have a knack for something. I have a knack for the arts. I like to, to um, dance, I like to act, I like to do all these things. And because I didn't have the resources to learn, I just said to myself, okay, now you're going to have to learn yourself. And I remember I used to lock myself in a room and YouTube all these performers who I really liked at that time. Like, I, I really like belly dance and it's something that's normal in my culture, everyone belly dances. But I wanted to take it to another level. So I was like, okay, I know the basics because I'm Arab, but then how do I take it to another level? I started watching these professional dancers. There was one in particular, her name is Didem, she's from Turkey. And I, I remember I stumbled across her on YouTube and I was like, oh my God, look how she moves. I wanna move like that. And I remember I used to watch, rewind, stop, rewind, look in the mirror, be like, oh, all right, okay. Do that move, it's not coming. Try again the next day, try again the next day until that one move comes. And then I'm like, okay, maybe I can teach myself. And then it just went on from there, watching Beyonce videos all day, every day. Madhuri Dixit, I'm a huge fan. So I used to watch all her songs and then I'd stop and look at it and be like, she did this with her face, okay, rewind. Also teach myself those expressions and stuff. And I used to get so excited and I'd go back to school and I'd tell my friends, guys, I've learned a new song today. It's Aja Na Chile and we're going to do it today. And everyone, all my girls would be like, okay, cool, cool, let's do it. So I'd teach them and then I'd tell my teacher, we're going to perform this in front of the school. And we'd perform it in front of the school, not knowing what the lyrics mean, right. not knowing anything, just Madhuri Dikshit Nam did this dance and we are going to do it too. <laughs> so that is the kind of person I was growing up. And, and when I look back, it's because I'm, I was obsessed with anything that had to do with music, dance, acting, art, just art in general. And, and I think the summary to that is that I'm an artist, you know, by nature, and I'm exploring that. And, um, you know, like I said, I came to India to become an actress. And uh, if you told me 10 years ago I would be this dancing sensation, I would laugh at you and say, please. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no way an untrained dancer can become a sensation or some sort of inspiration. I just never thought it was true. Um, and I just, I remember the first day I performed at school. I was, I think, 11 or 10 years old or something like that. I did a solo performance on stage and nobody really thought it was exciting, but one teacher did. And she came up to me, she said, Nora, you have something. I said, no, everyone booed me and laughed and stuff. And those girls are bullying me. She's like, no, no, you have something. There is a huge art school in Toronto and they're looking for students to come under scholarships. And I want to submit you as one of the candidates. So I was like, okay, cool. And she did and they accepted me. And all that was left was my mom to sign those papers to allow me to go to that school. And I remember going to my mom, like, mom, this is a huge opportunity. Only privileged kids go to this kind of school. And this is where they'll learn acting, they'll learn dance professionally, they'll learn instruments, they'll learn music. I wanna go. And I remember her saying, 
no. There really? is no way you can go. And I said, I remember crying and begging her. And, I, and it was there. The paper was right there. I'm like, please, mom, just sign this. This is a huge opportunity. She's like, no. No girl of ours is going to become an entertainer. What do they feel now? Now it's funny. <laughs> now it's like... Are they proud of you? <laughs> yeah. Now my mom it thinks it's really hilarious that I managed to do it. Um, and that too in a country which is so foreign to us. Um, but now she's very proud. Um, I think she became very proud after I released Arabic Dilbar. Mm. Because I sang that song and produced it myself. And I did it with um, a, a big group in Morocco, a band in Morocco, which she grew up listening to. So when she went to Morocco on a vacation, she heard my song everywhere. And she was just like, it's my daughter. <laughs> you know, so she started kind of warming up to it. And now she realizes it's kind of uncontrollable at this point. She can't do anything, right, you know. Right. But she is proud now. And I think she's more amused by the fact that I managed to do it. Yeah. You know, Dilbar has, I think, over 500 million views yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. Kamaria and, and Saki Saki have like 150 million each. Um, I was watching the making of Saki Saki and, and you're talking about how hard it was to, with those fire things, the, the long hair and, and you know, your knees are ripped and yeah. there's, there's blood and, and <laughs> obviously it's very hard. That hook step is very hard to yeah. do. And I just wonder, what does it feel like when you put in that amount of work and then people are just like, oh, but it's an item song or it's, you're just dancing. It, does that hurt? No, no, it doesn't because uh, it takes time for people to kind of understand and change their mentality. I don't see them as item songs. I say that very proudly. They are performance-oriented songs. Um, item songs... And very tough to do. And they're very tough. And, yeah. and I do that on purpose. Um, whenever I have a conversation with any choreographer that comes on board, I'm very clear. I say, sir, with all due respect, make the choreography difficult. I want the audience to enjoy watching. They should learn. They should feel inspired. If you watch me for four minutes in a song, you should feel inspired to go to a dance class. You know what I mean? Learn a new dance style. Do something. But it shouldn't be just mm, skin show. Um, hot air. Chalo. Agibar. You know, it, I, I'm not here for that. And, I'm, and I made that very clear when I did Dilbar. When they came to me, I said, can we make sure there is a particular style here? Um, the music is very Arabic. The instruments are very Arabic. Let's do authentic belly dance. Not the belly dance that is done in Bollywood. Like we mix it here and there and do one belly dance move. Let's do all authentic belly dance. So everyone's like, okay, this sounds like a good idea. And we did that. And it was received very well. Again, with Saki, I said, let's make the choreography freestyle and make it very hard. I remember Nick Hilser told um, the choreographer that, how are you doing such a hook step? Nobody will pick it up only. This is not a hook step. <laughs> I don't know how many people can sort of flip back but and you do that thing. But you would be so surprised. And I said, no, trust me. For some reason, I believe the audience doesn't want me to do easy things. They want to see me do difficult things because it's visually cool. And that's what they want. Otherwise, you can take anyone in an item song and, and they'll justify it. But then I want to have a purpose in this industry. And I want to leave a mark in this industry, whether it's a role, whether it's a song, or whether it's it's a song I'm singing, you know, whatever it is, I need to leave a mark. So when we did the hook step, I remember him saying, nobody's going to be able to do this. I, you guys are, I don't know what everyone's doing here. And I'm like, sir, trust me, this could work. And it did. It did. We did the Saki uh, hook step challenge. And I remember the next day, I just checked the hashtag and I'm like, wait, people are actually doing it and better than me, you know? <laughs> and I felt so happy. I'm like, great, we've accomplished something. But 
No, you just said that, you know, you don't want people to look at it and say skin show, hot hair and move on. The truth is a lot of song and dance in, in Hindi movies, especially the item numbers, are about that. It is about mm-hmm. skin show. It is about having a... And it's it's supposedly... It's a, it's pitched as an erotic of fantasy. Course. It's supposed right. to be tintillating. It yeah, is supposed yeah, to be yeah. titillating, right? So, you know, I, this is something I really grapple with. Like, what is the what is the role now of the item song in a post-Metoo world? You know, you want to dance. You want to celebrate your sensuality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you do it without being objectified? Um, give more than just be sexy in a song. I mean, just standing there in front of a camera and kind of just moving and showing this and showing that. That's where I think, I think that's the issue. But if there is a, if there is some sort of, um, what do you call it? Like when I look, for example, when I look at Helen G's songs, there is a performance. Absolutely. It's cabaret. It's like a live show. You feel like you're watching a story. It's magical. There's expression. She's telling a story through the song, through the lyrics. That is what I feel like being um, liberalized as a performer, being a feminine performer who's comfortable with her sexuality and is not being objectified because she's got talent and skill and she's showing that skill being able to express through music through dance through your body through your facial expression that's a skill and we do that through song song and dance that is not objectifying i feel like the minute you do a song where you're just standing there and men are just like all over you and you're just like having your your chest out and your body out and you're doing nothing but that and you're trying to seduce the camera in a vulgar way, that's where objection, I think, happens. When you don't cross the line between sensuality performance-wise and vulgarity, I think that's where the discussion can start happening. Till then, I feel like it's just performance. Are you aware when you're dancing that that I cannot cross that line between yes, yeah, yes I am aware and do you do you sort of say that no I'm not comfortable doing this or I'm comfortable doing this yes um luckily though I've never had this issue You've never had because to. I feel like whenever I get called on set it's almost like all right let's see what kind of dance she's gonna do now or what move she's gonna how do how hard now. can we make it yeah so it's it's become like that now there's a standard that everybody's trying to make me keep pushing or breaking but I Within myself, I am very aware. I make sure my facial expressions are not too much, they're not too vulgar. I make sure that my display of myself is about the dance and not about my body parts. And I can't explain it in words, to be honest with you, but you just know how to do it. I don't know how mm. to explain it. And mm. I feel like when I look at YouTube comments... It feels comments, uncomfortable when it's... Yeah, when, when it's I look much. at YouTube comments and all the songs I've done, there are comments that are all the same, which is she is not vulgar when she does this. There is something about the way she does it that makes it look classy, fun, um, and it looks like a performance. And I feel like, it's like, for example, when an actress plays a prostitute in a film, there's a certain body language that she needs to do. There's a certain way of performance, the way she talks. But she's not objectified, she's playing a role. But in a song, you're playing a role also. You have to be that entertainer, that very confident, womanly entertainer. So I don't really feel like it's something to be objectified. As long as we maintain the songs as performance-oriented songs, there should be dance, there should be some sort of skill that's shown. I don't think it's something to be really yeah, thinking of it in that perspective. Mm. Um, and I've maintained that. 
I mean, I have more to offer in a song than just looking hot. I feel as long as I maintain that, I should be fine. Yeah. I saw on your YouTube channel there's a version of Swag Say Swagat in in uh, yeah in Arabic, in Arabic which I just stumbled across. Yeah. I didn't know they made it in Arabic. Huh. Some Lebanese singers sang it, and I was like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. And then I just danced on it. Yeah. Is Katrina a role model for you? Yes, she is. Of course, if you think about it, she's broken a lot of barriers yeah. for people who come from abroad. She's made the impossible happen. Um, she's so hardworking, and I have said this to her when I've met her. I said, "Look, you are an inspiration in so many ways. People, you know, are so quick to say things like, oh, she can't act, she can't do this, her Hindi is not nice.' Well, I mean, she came from zero. She didn't know the language. She she didn't know anything. She couldn't even dance when she came. And look at her now. Yeah. That's so inspirational. I feel like we need to focus more on that. And I have. I focused on that. I remember when I came and I watched Chikni Chamni. I was like, Oh my God, this girl is so good. <laughs> She's so good in so many ways. And people will find faults in that, but I don't see faults. I just see charisma. I see um, ambition. I see you know, screen presence, beauty, performance. I feel like, you know, in the end of the day, between me and you and everybody else who's watching, it's it's this. Right. It's your mentality and your vision. You may see a song and think, oh, this is skin show and vulgar, and um, this person's being objectified. Another person will see it in a different vision. They'll see it as something else completely. This is performance, this is beautiful, this is art. So it's really, it's really up to your perception. But do you find, Nora, that it is um, a perception that you have to fight, that, that people will judge you? Do, you. do you find that right now as you're trying to be an actor? It's not easy to actually deliver in a song and we need to really um, respect and value per song performances. Um, I'm doing a film called Street Dancer right now and um, I've, for six months I shot with really professional dancers. Dancers who've sacrificed so many things in their lives, who've sacrificed years of their time to become professional dancers. and. You know what, one day I just had an epiphany. I'm like, why do we not celebrate dancers the way we celebrate actors? Do you know what dancers go through? Yeah. The physical pain, the way they push themselves physically to do certain things that are almost humanly impossible. We had these ballerinas come in and they were literally on, you know, the ballerina shoes, yeah. you're on your yeah. toes. Yeah. And they're, one half of their body is, they're doing a ballerina dance style. And the top half, they're doing hip hop and tutting and I was amazed and I'm like, it must have t taken them years to be able to do something like that. Half of us can't even balance ourselves while we're walking. You know, <laughs> so can you yes. imagine? Guilty. <laughs> Me too, sometimes I'm standing and I fall. So I'm looking at them and I'm behind the monitor and I'm getting emotional and everyone's like, why is this girl emotional? I'm like, you don't get it. Like when I see this, I'm like, these people have blood, sweat, tears. They probably go through um, a lot of sacrifices at home to become what they are. Break dancing is not easy. You can injure yourself, break your spine, and never walk again. Um, hip hop dancing requires a lot of raw emotions, being able to catch certain movement, to be, uh, uh, to have, uh, uh, to be um, 
phys physically uh, flexible and to do certain things that contemporary dancing, that's another thing. You need to be in touch with your emotions. There are so many factors to being a dancer and we don't really like celebrate it. But when an actor does a good scene in a movie, everyone wants to die. Like, right. oh my God, he's such an amazing actor. Oh, and everyone goes crazy. But did you see how he acts? And I'm like, yes, we should respect actors. I'm guilty of that too. If someone is a good actor, I go crazy for that person. But what about dancers? They should be equally respected and valued. So whenever people speak of dancers in a, a little bit of a negative tonality, like, oh, but he's just a dancer, or right. she's just a dancer. Just a dancer? <sighs> you know what it takes to even reach that? I, people think I'm a dance sensation. But actually, I'm not as good as half of the dancers of the world. If you watch World of Dance, you would be amazed at what people can do with their bodies. They take you to another world without even speaking. Right. And I feel it's a shame that it's not even celebrated like that. And we're almost there. I think with street dancer, I mean, I will be very vocal about that. that we, it's time to value and celebrate them and put respect on them. Because dancing is very tough. So what's the biggest challenge for you now? Biggest challenge is, I think, um, see, uh, not having a backing and a godfather in the industry can be very tough. You don't get the opportunities you want and sometimes you feel you deserve. So you keep having to take the, the step up slowly, 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 and sometimes you lose patience. So my challenge is being patient and um, believing that believing in destiny and I'm a des person who believes in destiny but sometimes you falter and you're like oh I'm so impatient it, it, you know I don't believe in destiny I need to, I need to get something quick and you get very aggressive and, and angry that was me for about a year when I was struggling but now I believe that Nora destiny whatever is meant to happen is meant to happen if this job is for you this project is for you it's gonna be only for you nobody can take that away from you and whether you have a godfather or a backing or whatever it is, if this is meant for you, it's going to come to you. And that is what I've believed. And I have to really try and remember that. Sometimes I forget. I think that's very difficult for me, maintaining patience. And right now, getting people to trust me. I mean, we're there. We're almost there. But we're not really, really there. But it's going to happen. I mean, I feel next year is going to be a really good year for me. I have a vision. And my vision is to leave my mark in this industry as an all-rounder. I want to be able to leave my mark as a dancer and as an actor. And I feel like it's going to happen. I just, uh, I just need those opportunities to come. And they're going to come with patience. And once they do come, I will make sure I deliver from my heart. Because uh, whether it's a dance number, whether it's a scene, whether it's anything that has to do with this industry I do it from my heart and with good intentions and um, that should translate to the audience and hopefully I went over the audience good luck thank you all best it's been such a pleasure thank to speak you. with you thank you thank I appreciate you. it thank you hi I'm Nora Fateh if you like this video please subscribe to Film Companion if you liked what you just tuned into then subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts Google Spotify Stitcher and Radio Public you can now also follow Film Companion on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mmm. And then the fluffy egg. 
and real cheese folded over the side looking just so good. Mmm, grilled onions and a butter bagel too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mmm, ba ba ba. I participate in McDonald's.